Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Thursday morning in the second week of Advent, December 14th, 2023, feast day of the great uh, spiritual doctor of the church, great mystic St. John of the Cross, a spiritual advisor to St. Teresa of Avila, my favorite, and of course, both of them working very hard and going through much persecution and struggling to reform the Carmelite order for both men and women. And I also want to say congratulations to Marcy Klatt, who works at Teresa Tamio Communications as all my social media, my newsletter. She's fantastic. She's been studying for almost seven years, and today she is going to be making her final vows as a third order Carmelite. And what's interesting about this story God's timing. So everything was scheduled for this weekend and it's going to be, you know, event with family and, and super nice and everything organized with a little party where, where she lives down in Florida. And then unfortunately her mother-in-law passed away. Now she was not doing well. And so they were anticipating her passing and the funeral is today, but Marcy was able to still go through with uh, taking her final vows today. Uh, the day of the funeral, she'll be doing that afterward. And isn't it interesting that today, and I don't think it's a coincidence, is the feast of St. John the Cross. So if you can keep my friend Marcy from Teresa Tamio Communications in your prayers this morning, a big day for her and her family as well. A big day in news, lots of news going on, and we have the one, the only, Father Mitch Pacwa to help us address some of those very important news stories, including a very eye-opening article that came out on a study showing that teens are more likely to be mentally healthy if they're raised with conservative parents. So there's a lot to this article. I discussed it in local hour of my program earlier this week, but I thought you'd be interested, and I thought this would be a nice shot in the arm to all the parents who are working so hard to raise their kids correctly, especially following church teaching, which many out there would see as, you know, conservative, or, or it may be even you probably over the years have been accused of being extreme, as me and my husband have. But you know what? It's not extreme. They're the ones who are extreme because they're denying reality in many cases, especially the reality of the human being in the womb. But Father Mitch Paco will be joining us and we'll dive into that as well as a couple other stories that are out there that are really, really important if we have time. And then we have the amazing Dr. Barbara Nicolosi with us. And she did a really good piece on this new animated film that was just released by Disney, which was supposed to be all that in a bag of chips and was supposed to bring in just as much money, if not more, than the Frozen series. Well, it tanked, and it's still tanking. And she has some very, very good insights as to why, and also why you don't want to waste your hard-earned money on taking your kids or yourself to see this animated film. So Dr. Barbara Nicolosi will join us at 39 minutes past hour to wrap up a Thursday morning edition. Also a big announcement tomorrow on the show, my friend Kelly Walquist, the founders of Wine, and also the head of the Catechetical Institute in the Archdiocese of Minneapolis-St. Paul, will be joining me live to introduce a beautiful new book, and she asked me to be a part of it. It's published by The Word Among Us. They're wonderful. They did my saints book. The book is entitled Wisdom from Women in Scripture, and Kelly has a chapter in there. She's also the editor. We have Dr. Mary Healy, Alyssa Borms, and there are many other wonderful women writers who contributed to this book, and I did a chapter on Esther, and there's just so much meat in this book. I think you'll really enjoy it. We do have a link to it on Facebook already. 
Uh, it's being released tomorrow, and I think you could still pre-order it, and then officially it goes on sale uh, Monday. But we'll dive into this uh, when we talk with Kelly tomorrow. But I just wanted to let you know if you wanted to order a nice Christmas present for a friend of yours, your sister, yourself, ladies, this might be a beautiful book for you. Again, the title is Women, Wisdom from Women in Scripture. And beautiful cover, too, a shot of a particular place in Italy that means a lot to me and to Kelly. Wisdom from Women in Scripture, Teresa Tamio, Elizabeth Kelly, Kelly Walquist, Mary Healy, Melissa Overmeyer, and Alyssa Bormaz. So check it out on Facebook at MrsTeresaTamio.com. Checking out the weather right now, we have a winter storm that will continue to bring moderate to heavy snow to portions of the central and southern Rockies through tomorrow morning. And locally heavy rainfall could result in some isolated flash flooding concerns in the southern plains across the southeast. A stalled front will continue to produce heavy rainfall over the next few days, which could lead to isolated flooding. We'll have more on this in the news because the East Coast is looking at a lot of rain toward next weekend as we get closer to the Christmas holiday. Five minutes past the hour. Hope your day is going well. You are listening to EWTN. Let's get started with the news on a Thursday. The U.S. Supreme Court announcing it will once again consider a high-stakes abortion pill case. The outcome, as Catholic News Agency reports, of that case could potentially reinstate safeguards that would prohibit sending those deadly drugs by mail. As CNN reports, the nation's highest court reviewing a Fifth Circuit ruling earlier this year, which determined that a risk evaluation and mitigation strategy should be reinstated to require that women actually know the facts about the drug ahead of consumption. The Biden Justice Department and the abortion drug manufacturer Danco Laboratories appealed that decision in September because of its potential to curtail the use of drug that accounts for over half of all U.S. abortions. The case is expected to be the most consequential abortion case since Dobbs versus Jackson overturned Roe v. Wade. The White House appears to be walking back the president's recent comments on Israel. He was expressing concerns that we continue to see civilian casualties in, in Gaza. And again, that we want to make sure that as they work to minimize that they actually have those kinds of results. That's National Security Council spokesman John Kirby refusing to explicitly say whether the U.S. believes Israel is carrying out indiscriminate bombing or following international law. He instead said the administration expects Israel to do everything possible to minimize civilian casualties as it wages war on Hamas. Now, Biden recently told donors Israel was beginning to lose support around the world due to indiscriminate bombing in its war with Hamas. New technologies must always be directed to, the Pope says, the pursuit of peace and the common good in the service of the integral development of individuals and communities. In his annual message to the World Day of Peace, the Pope urging world leaders to ensure that progress in developing forms of artificial intelligence will ultimately, he says, serve the cause of human fraternity and peace. That message, dedicated to the theme of artificial intelligence and peace, released by the Vatican today, just ahead of the 57th World Day of Peace, taking place on New Year's Day. And life in Jerusalem and nearby cities since the start of the war between Israel and Hamas has changed utterly, especially as we heard yesterday from the Order of Malta, for those who were economically dependent on pilgrims. People feel uncertainty and fear, and his sister Nina Benedicta with Vatican News says, Franciscan priests are currently still serving in Jerusalem and trying to be positive and help people who are there currently. 
Despite the absence of gunfire on the streets of Jerusalem, the reality of war is present all over the city. In Jerusalem, we live quite peacefully and almost as hard as it is to say normally. Around 100 kilometers away in the Gaza Strip, war is raging, and probably only those who are there know how intense the war is and what is happening on the ground, says Father Jelko. But still, people in Jerusalem are deeply personally involved with happenings in Gaza. Many Israeli Jews have someone who is currently on the front line or deployed to some other critical area. Others know someone who was killed, kidnapped or injured on 7th October. Feelings of fear and uncertainty are mixed, says Father Shelko. He underscores the significant human cost of the conflict, stating that a lot of blood was spilled and the hostage crisis is still ongoing. Jerusalem's old city and Bethlehem's economy, reliant on pilgrims, and tourism face significant challenges due to the war. The prior impact of the pandemic together with the war has led to the closure of hotels and disrupted daily life. A 13-year-old Ohio boy is under arrest, charged with planning a mass shooting at a synagogue. He is charged with inducing panic and disorderly conduct, both misdemeanors, after allegedly sharing a detailed plan, online plan, to carry out a shooting at the Temple Israel in Canton. He is set to appear in family court next week for a pretrial hearing. And Breed Tennis tells us the San Diego office of the FBI warning folks to be alert this holiday season. The FBI in San Diego has released a statement during holiday celebrations for the Jewish community and others across the country. The FBI says they're closely monitoring threats to public safety during this holiday season, which may be amplified by the ongoing Israel-Hamas conflict. FBI asking the public to immediately report anything suspicious to law enforcement. And House Republicans, as of yesterday, have now voted to actually authorize an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. On this vote, the yeas are 221 and the nays are 212. The resolution is adopted. Republicans arguing the president benefited from the foreign business dealings of his son, Hunter. The president has always maintained his innocence, but an impeachment inquiry is a step toward potential impeachment. It does allow the House to hold public hearings and grant subpoena power for information and documents. Lawmakers voting 221 to 212 to approve that resolution. That vote now makes official what former Speaker Kevin McCarthy began in September when he opened investigation on his own accord. And House Republicans also say they will probably start looking at contempt proceedings against the president's son. We have specific questions for the president's son. He does not get to dictate the terms of this subpoena. Congressman James Comer of Kentucky said the investigation involves public corruption at the highest levels of government. In a surprise move, yesterday Hunter Biden said outside the Capitol he will only testify in his father's impeachment inquiry in a public hearing and will not respond to a Republican subpoena about his business dealings. Today marks the 11-year anniversary of the killings of 20 children and six educators at Sandy Hook Elementary. Lisa G. has that story. There will not be any local public observances in Newtown of the mass killing that happened in 2012. However, Newtown schools will be operating on a three-hour delay on Thursday to allow children, teachers, and staff time for reflection. There will be an interfaith service Thursday night at Trinity Episcopal Church in Newtown for local residents. In addition, all flags in the state will be lowered to half staff from sunrise to sunset. Holiday travelers on the East Coast are being told to get ready for stormy weather. Forecasters are warning two storm systems slamming into each other early next week. 
bringing heavy rain and strong winds to millions along the eastern seaboard. No snow predicted because the forecasters say the air won't be cold enough. And the Fed are leaving interest rates unchanged. Inflation is still too high. Ongoing progress in bringing it down is not assured. And the path forward is uncertain. That's Fed Chair Jerome Powell saying it's good news that it is eased without a significant increase in unemployment. He added the Fed will proceed carefully as it continues to try to bring inflation down to 2%. And it's not just those struggling to make ends meet. More than half of Americans earning over $100,000 a year say they also live paycheck to paycheck. That's according to a Lending Club report. Many experts are pointing to something called lifestyle inflation as one of the culprits. It's a lifestyle inflation or a lifestyle creep, and they describe it as a pattern of spending a little more as someone's income increases, but spending more may not be as simple as people wanting to indulge. Many Americans simply don't have enough money to make ends meet because their incomes have not actually been keeping up with rising living costs. Expectors say the goal here is to find a balance, enjoy life, but don't be too focused on a future or too focused on the present. Lisa Taylor tells us Apple is unveiling an iPhone security update to keep thieves at bay. The new feature adds more steps to access information rather than just the typically four- or six-digit passcode. The stolen device protection feature will keep users protected by prompting them to enter biometric data through their Face ID or Touch ID to make more sensitive changes. It's currently available only to beta testers, but will be available in an upcoming software update. And there's a mad rush to get those toys on the shelves for this Christmas shopping season. Trucking companies are offering up some big bonuses to get drivers behind the wheel. Incentives range from everything from five-figure bonuses to a truck. That's John Esparza, who heads the Texas Trucking Association. He adds there's still a trucker shortage in the nation that's creating some logistical gaps when it comes to getting those progress, those product products, excuse me, to the store in time. And finally, in our news segment at almost 14 minutes past the hour on a Thursday morning edition of Catholic Connection, Mark Mayfield wraps things up by telling us that everything old is new again. Christmas music from days gone by, dominating the Billboard charts. Not only is Brenda Lee at number one for the second straight week with Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, but all the top four and six of the top eight are Christmas songs. The likes of Jose Feliciano, Dean Martin, and the Raw Nets are all in the top 15. Nat King Cole has two classics in the top 25, with the Christmas song at number 14 and Deck the Halls at 23. Elvis is also in the mix with Blue Christmas coming in at number 24. It is a Thursday, the Feast of St. John of the Cross. Father Mitch Bakwa joins us up next for our Cultural Connections. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. 
Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Well, we're very honored to have Father Mitch with us every week. And I know you love watching him on EWTN on his live program and also hearing him on the radio, not only here but elsewhere across the airwaves. He's a Jesuit priest, lecturer, EWTN host, biblical scholar, apologist, and all-around great guy. So great that he is really being wonderful today because in addition to just joining us, as he always does, he's in the middle of a retreat and stepped away from the retreat to speak with us this morning. So, Father, good morning. Here we are in the second week of Advent. Thanks for joining us. How are you all doing? We're doing well, I think. I think everyone's doing well. Busy time of year, but we're glad to have you on board. Okay, as we were saying during the break, the article that I sent you, which I think is very affirming for folks who are trying to raise their kids well, Mm -hmm. teens more likely to be mentally healthy if they have conservative parents. What say you, Father? Well, first of all, pay attention to the questioners. The folks questioning this are not from the American Family Association right. or from, uh, you know, some uh, you know, right, right-wing path. It's from Gallup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These people have been very highly trusted reporters of popular opinion for decades. And um, they're just trying to take a look at a few factors that show uh, in the indicate mental health and such. And they um, talk about how the in a, a more conservative, uh, uh, I'll put it this way, a home with conservative values that is at the same time warm and has good relationships with the between parents and teens and good relationships between the parents. They cherish marriage. Uh, it's not just something that's up for grabs. They cherish each other, and they cherish their children. That makes for psychologically healthier children. Now, if I were if I were a wise guy, I would have said, "Duh," but I'm not going to say that. Uh, but it's it is important to see, and and it talks also how. Um, Really, uh, far liberal parents actually do a little bit better than social middle, uh, uh, more social liberal parents. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because and the problem is the the liberals. Uh, this is part of my interpretation too. Um, that if you have liberal progressive mentality, that is only so-so. You're not. You haven't really thought through 
what your values are, you're experimenting, kids can smell the weakness and they also recognize the lack of discipline mm-hmm. and they behave worse. You know, if they think they can get away with it, they will. If they know they can't get away with it, they'll try, but they'll fail because the parents are strong. And then the, and it actually adds to the security of the kids. This is a, one of the factors, I think, going on. Parents who discipline in a traditional way and at the same time, and it's, it's very important to emphasize that it's not discipline alone, but a loving relationship and discipline that um, that helps a young person know, well, I don't like everything mom and dad say, but they seem to know what they're talking about. Right. It gives them a trust in their parents to know how to negotiate through the world as opposed to some kids who are trying to figure out how to negotiate the difficulties of life and they don't know, they make it up and they make a lot of mistakes and they don't know what part of it was a mistake. Whereas in the more traditional kind of upbringing, they'll make mistakes, they'll do things wrong, they'll get caught because they're not that bright and the parents will always be there to uh, correct them. And um, that's a very important element of this. The parents know better, and they can help you see why this is a mistake, and this is how you negotiate life better. This, this should, again, it's, it's so obvious, right. but not to our society anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I find very um, eye-opening is how this report was published on a conservative site. And doing some research for this study, it was hard to find other networks and other outlets covering it, which is no surprise. It doesn't fit into their agenda. But what is important, the reason, the reason they should cover it is because how many of them have been talking about this, this you know, epidemic of loneliness that we're in? The Surgeon General talked about that. He talked about the crisis of young people earlier this year. And this quote in this report After a decade of surging adolescent mental health problems and suicide, the nation's leading public health authorities have declared an emergency. Unfortunately, the solutions proposed by organizations like the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics, such as increased funding for diagnostic and psychiatric services, do not meet the challenge and ignore what are likely to be the most important causes. Adolescent biology hasn't changed. So not that children shouldn't be getting help if they need it and going to see a therapist or going to talk to someone, but... You can't put a Band-Aid on it. You have to get to the root cause. And I think a lot of it is is that uh, parents are thinking, and there's probably a great deal of pressure on parents to just let their kids be, you know. Vanessa and I were talking about this, that she's dealing with a mom in her, in her daughter's school who keeps saying, you know, oh, well, let, let you, you, you can be you. Well, what the heck does that mean to a, to a teenager? That means you could do whatever you want, and there's no restrictions. And, and again, that's why, you know, kids, you know, really don't know how to negotiate life, partly because they don't realize how dangerous life can be and how low-down mean certain individuals can be. Not everybody is nice. And if you are unaware of the risks and dangers, you won't know how to negotiate that, and that's a big part 
of the, the, the danger involved. But I think what the CDC does is take a look at the problems. They'll take a look at uh, various uh, problems. That's what that is. It's the Center for Disease Control. If that's what they look for. They don't know how to cure things. And this is where the, the study is pointing out. Here's where we have to start. And, uh, you know, I, as I've been you know, saying over and over again for the last, you know, years, a you know, few decades, that this um, epidemic of unmarried parents where they, they are not there to love each other, to love their marriage, and to cherish that relationship, and to cherish the children with them, and cherish them enough to know how to discipline them and correct them. Mm-hmm. That absence is the core problem for uh, crime, as well as this suicide, loneliness, etc. If they don't know that they have a base of operations, namely mom, dad, and my siblings, that this is the base of operations for life, not just for going to a soccer game, but for life. If they don't understand that and experience that, and again, a loving but well-structured way, we, um, they won't grow. So something about it, I wanted to explain some of this too. I, sure, let's um, take a break though, Father, because the music is telling us we have about 10 seconds left. More with Father Mitch Pacwa on this new study, teens more likely to be mentally healthy, if mentally healthy if they're raised in a conservative household. More on that with Father Mitch Pacwa when we return on a Thursday. Stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. It's a Thursday, 28 minutes past the hour. It means we are chatting with the one, the only Father Mitch from EWTN Radio and TV, discussing a recent survey that was released, and it wasn't done, as Father Mitch mentioned early on, by a conservative organization. Now, the conservative media are covering it. They're releasing the story much more frequently than the secular media. Surprise, surprise, shocker, not but the survey was actually done by Gallup, which isn't exactly favorable, as Father mentioned, to conservative causes, especially to teachings of the church. So the headline reads in this one particular story, teens more likely to be mentally healthy if they have conservative parents. So, Father, you wanted to uh, make a point regarding an image you like to give people. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I learned this as a high school teacher. Okay. And um, I, I don't have any kids, never had any kids, so how can you talk about this? Well, I, I dealt with other people's kids a lot. And uh, one of the images I like to use is that disciplining a child is uh, necessary because children need to do moral isometrics. Now, but if you uh, ever do isometric exercises, it means you get in between the door jam and you put your back against one side and push against the other. Mm-hmm. And that builds up muscle. If you don't have uh, weights to lift, you can just uh, do the isometrics. And there's a variety of exercises you can do with isometrics. 
kids are doing that to their parents. Their parents have to be the two doorposts. And the kids have to push against them. They have to. And they have to lose. They, they, that the door has to be uh, as firm, the doorpost of the parents has to be as firm as the doorpost uh, uh, going into your house. And that as they push against the parents, they argue, they whine, but they build up moral strength, moral muscle. And that's why that pushing is going on. If the parents say, well, no, 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 I want to raise them to be more free, they will never build up moral muscle. Mm. They won't build up character because you gave in to them. And that will, you might as well be, if I do an isometrics on a couch, mm-hmm. it won't work. And parents don't like, how come I have to tell you kids 10,000 times to do something? Um, as Mrs. Backer used to say, uh, the, the, because I had to push and come up with reasons until they became my own. Right. And the muscles, as I push against, and the moral muscles become my muscles, then I have strength. But it only is if I have that structure to push against. And the second part of that is it can't be too small because the kid can't push if he's, if he's too cramped. And it can't be too, too wide because yeah. they can't reach. You have to, because you're a parent and you know each of your children for their distinctive personality, you make that door fit them. The state cannot think that way. For the state, you have to do the same for everybody. That's why they're, they're not good at raising children. But they're, they're good, they could be good at giving us knowledge that everybody has to have, like real mathematics and real history and things like that. But in terms of building up character, you need parents who know their children and are firm and at the same time loving. It's not harsh. It's not cold. You, you love them and you can turn around later on and laugh at, you know, at their reactions but because uh, they're funny. But at the same time, that firmness builds up their muscle. And this is what uh, Dr. Ray Grendy talks about in terms of helping to raise that one in a thousand child. That should be your goal. Mm-hmm. And it's getting easier today because so many parents don't even marry each other, get along with their children. So this is something that uh, is extremely important. I, I see the collapse of this in, in family. I know family. I counsel families. I tell them these things. And their, their kids are, um, oftentimes, they're a mess. Sometimes they're like a piece of flotsam floating in the river of life. They have no motor, so they just are a piece of junk flowing around. That's how they live. And they, they look terrible. They, they don't know how to act. And that's the nice ones. The mean ones actually go out and do terrible things. You need strong character to form leaders and people 
who will take life on and work through the hard elements of life. That means doing chores, having clear discipline, and following the Ten Commandments, including right. on your father and mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very biblical. Yeah, and Father, the one, the other point yeah. too. We only have about about three minutes left. Is in addition to really raising up children that are going to be, you know, good members of society and 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 learn to respect people, including their brothers and sisters, their other family members, their parents, obviously. But they're going to also learn how to better deal with the reality of life, because despite what parents, yes. some parents think they're doing a better job and letting their kid always get the prize, even if they failed, that's not life. You are going to have disappointments. No. We live in a fallen world. No, not in the fallen world. The world where there's competition. Said, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you fail at competition, I never won a trophy for sports because I was terrible. I had to go and find sports I could compete in, but that was up to me, you know. And you know, I, I did better in games like like racquetball, you know. And and of course, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good hunter, so you know, I, I found where I could be successful, but I did it by failing. Accepting the failures that I'm just not good at this. I'm not coordinated to play mm-hmm. these other sports, but I can do this. And, you know, that is something that is uh, just part of life. And it applies in business. Yep. You know, someone like uh, Colonel Sanders went to over a thousand places before he finally sold his secret recipe and became the man he is, you know, the rich man he was. And also, I'm sure people like him and other successful business people, when when they know that they could, there's certain things that they're good at, but they need other people who have an expertise as opposed to thinking, I'm all that in a bag of chips and I can do everything. Well, if you're honest with yourself, you know you can't, and that's why you have to bring in people, and that's a sign Bingo. of a good leader, right? And it starts in the home, teaching the people that, children that. Right, right. And another aspect of that clear discipline mm-hmm. is that, Kids have to learn not to believe their own pretenses. Um, People will will say, I can do this. And when you can't do it, you have to find out that you can't so that you don't try to trick other people. And more importantly, that you don't try to trick yourself. Don't believe your own nonsense. Mm Mm-hmm. Father, great advice. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to speaking with you uh, next week. My goodness, it'll be in the third week of Advent. Can't believe it. So how long is your retreat? When does it wrap up? It it finishes on Sunday. Oh, wow. So it's uh, several days then. Wow. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. I know that's very, very busy. Thank My you. Have a, have a great weekend, pray, and we look forward to catching you. young seminarians. Yes, yeah. I will. I will pray for them. We'll ask our listeners to do the same thing. Father Mitch Bakwa, breaking away from a retreat he's giving to speak with us, as he does every Thursday here on Catholic Connection for Cultural Connections. And we'll have more on the culture and more on family. Dr. Barbara Nicolosi joining us on a movie you don't want to spend your money on. We'll tell you why coming up next. Nine minutes past the hour. It is a Thursday morning. Great to be with you every day here at Catholic Connection, co-produced by EW10 and Ave Maria Radio. Great to catch up with Dr. Barbara Nicolosi. And the piece that we're referring to today, which she wrote about this new film, Wish, 
it's on the National Catholic Register, of course, but we'll also post it in our archive sections. You can get a copy of it and read it. And really important, too, especially with all these movies they tend to push in the Christmas season. So Barbara, if you're not familiar with her great work, it was the screenwriter of the 2000 release Fatima, creative and theological consultant on many media products and productions, teaches creative writing and screenwriting online for Write Spirit, W-R-I-T-E, Spirit, an initiative of the Catholic Art Institute, and she's also the director of liturgy at St. Stephen Martyr Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. So I was watching, you know, you and I were going back and forth on on this film, and I read your column, uh, which was very good, uh, very well written as always, with some important insights. So I watched the trailer. Even the trailer was so anti-God, Barb. It was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can we could hit this movie on a whole bunch of things. Just, you know, the, the animation is kind of a mess, 2D and 3D mixed up, and they, they, were, they were touting that that was going to be groundbreaking and wonderful, and it just didn't work. Uh, we could hit it on just basic story problems like, you know, why this and why that and, and what happened here and what's that? Like, there's so many things when you're watching it that just don't make any sense and they don't seem to care that they don't make sense. But then you get down to the real meat of why this thing is pernicious. And, you know, it's, it's got this subtext that we are the stars. Right. You know, we, we so is that are where the, the title The Wish comes from, that because she makes a wish on a star? Is that, is that where mm-hmm. it comes from? Right. Well, they took that, they used that because this movie was supposed to be the 100th anniversary celebration for Disney. Mm. And so that's their, of course, their iconic, Right. you know, when you wish upon a star has become the same thing as Mickey Mouse. It's, everybody knows that's Disney. But what they, the problem is that when Disney wrote that for, um, I guess, uh, Sleeping Beauty or, or no, that was... Um, I'm not sure cricket, which one. Anyway. Pinocchio, yeah, when oh, you wish upon oh, a star. Oh, no, I'm sorry, yeah. right, Pinocchio, mm-hmm. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when Disney wrote that for Pinocchio, they believed, yeah, but there's a God in the universe that, you know, your wish is going to. Well, this movie, she wishes on the star, and then the star teaches her that she is actually a star. And all of the animals and the plants come out, and they all sing together that we're all made of stardust. We're all basically divine beings. So... You know, in the words of the Incredibles, if everybody's special, then nobody's special, right? Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, that's the message here is human beings are just made of the same stuff of, you know, of, of everything. There's no, there's nothing unique about us. And so when, and then, and then further, when you wish upon a star, you're basically saying, it's me. I'm mm-hmm. the one who makes my own reality. I'm the one who decides you know, what my life becomes. How did it do with the box office? Awful. Oh, it's awful. And that's very interesting because, again, the box office for kids' animated movies isn't really a place where people say, hmm, I'm going to read a review of this because I don't want my kid to get indoctrinated by, you know. (laughs) I mean, they don't. People just trust Disney. They show up. But for some reason the audience really didn't show up for this. And part of it probably is the reviews. This movie is the worst reviewed Disney movie in um, a generation or more. Um, in fact, it's hard to find another one that's considered, it's considered the worst, you know, movie by, by a lot of these critics. But I think, yeah, it's made $50 million so far, three weeks. They spent $200 million on it. Um, this is after they just lost $300 million on the feminist comic book movie right. Marvels that mm-hmm. they did. And then this summer, they lost a ton on the movie based on 
the Haunted Mansion. So uh, Disney's tottering here on, uh, you know, they've had three massive failures, uh, probably more than a billion dollars in the red. Well, this is even though after what just kills me here, and explain this to me, because I see the same thing in the secular media, and you know I've talked about this a lot. Mm -hmm. They keep shooting themselves in the foot financially. Now Mm -hmm. we have Hallmark that just came out with a new thing where they're going to have this this really heavy gay agenda in their Christmas movies, despite the backlash that these companies Mm -hmm. such as Target and Anheuser-Busch and others have had this year. And, you know, Disney seems to be going down the same road. Even their executives recently did interviews claiming that they realize that their agenda has cost them money, but they still do it. Yeah, it's it's at this point, it's interesting because for years I watched Hollywood um, making movies that they were trying really hard to be important. And this was ruining a lot of the movies because, again, that has nothing to do with a good story. You know, a whopping good tale. If you're sitting there saying, how can I make myself look brave and important here? But in this case, I think what we've hit now is that they're so steeped. The the filmmakers are so steeped in progressive ideology that they honestly don't know any other way to to have things unfold. Like, they, they cannot help themselves. And I was reading the biographies of a bunch of the filmmakers on this project, and it will blow your mind. Spend some time looking at the people who are making entertainment for your kids and what they, what they espouse in their, their own private social media. But, wow. uh, but honestly, in this case, so, so you have two things here. I mean, I found a lot of the wokeness in this movie just irritating. It's like, oh, yeah. Here's her group of friends, and they're the United. They're like a United Nations, mm-hmm. you know, diversity and inclusion panel. You know, it's like uh, we have to have every single possible racial connection, you know, represented. Um, and then you make sure the white men are goofy and stupid and useless or evil. You know, I mean, it's just like that it was irritating to me. But, but the deeper thing is movies that they've internalized that media, especially um, movies and stories, are a medium to change society mm-hmm. and we must advocate the kind of society that we think uh we should have and so right. that's what's driving all the decisions wow talking with dr barbara nicolosi is really really take a pass on this movie for your kids it's christmas eve and talking about the movie the wish recently released by disney which is not doing well at the box office so sometimes folks will say oh it's just a movie you guys you know on mm-hmm. catholic media make too much of this stuff what's your response to that yeah, I hear that all the time, basically, from people who just want to use media as babysitters for their kids. And they, you know, parents have so many things pulling at them. They just don't have time to think about stuff. And so it's easier just to say, you know, oh, it's just a movie, you know, or the other one. But I'm always harping on people to unplug their kids from the video games. And people are like, oh, it's just a game. Oh, it's just music. No, it, there are some that really cross a line. Um, this film, in its you know, it is suggestion that human beings, number one, aren't special. And then number two, that God is a petulant, nasty, I mean, the Christian God, the Judeo-Christian God, the San Diego Reader called this an overt slap at the Judeo-Christian wow. God. But, uh, but you, you say that, that, that God, if there is a God, and of course there isn't, if we're all made of stardust, right? But if there is a God, the God we've all been worshiping, is a petulant, nasty, power-hungry dream stealer, and and so you're literally pumping anti-Christian propaganda, an anti-Christian catechism 
into your kids, and they're just sitting there, little kids, absorbing mm-hmm. this. And you say, well, maybe the kids won't make the connection. You know, Flannery O'Connor said, in story, people make the metaphoric connection, even if they don't make the conscious, right. you know, rational, it, it works on them. And stories are that powerful. They are. And also just in, in terms of, you know, let's say, let's say you don't have any kids, your kids are grown up, and you're just curious about the film. You're talking about, even in the trailer, it was so obvious in terms of this mm-hmm. God is a mean God and who, who should question his authority. And obviously paying no attention to the idea of free will, thinking that God is yeah. forcing himself upon us when it's just the opposite. We have to knock on that door and open it and let him in. Yeah, well, that's the, you know, I mean, the thing is all the believers are portrayed as pathetic. You know, they, they whine and plead to the to the king to grant their wish, and and then, you know, they sit there and blink, and, and they just trust him kind of blindly, and it's and then, you know, you get your, your protagonist figures out in one song that he's pernicious, and I'm like, wow, the rest of the kingdom hasn't figured it out in, you know, decades, but she she figures it out, you know, in 10 seconds. But mm-hmm. I, I think the, um, the, the idea there, you know, that, wow, um, uh, if you do believe, it's because you're pathetic. That's that's the message. Anybody who is praying to a god out there to help them is basically pathetic. They're they're not capable of acknowledging that they themselves are the star of their life. Now, I'm all about telling people, you need to take responsibility for your choices. You need to you know step up. You need to you know uh, be accountable. But that's right. not what this is. No. This is you are alone, and and you get to decide for yourself what you should do, and nobody else is going to do it for you. And um, there's no help for you out there. That's a great message for kids today yeah, who are having right. a, a spiking amount of suicides. And you know, let's just tell them that there there is nothing else but them in the universe. Yeah, you know, we were just talking about that with Father Mitch Pacwa. There's a, there's a new study out by Gallup, of all places, saying that kids who do best are the kids who are raised in conservative homes. Go figure. And this is a secular study. So were you surprised, Barb? By the way, we were talking with Dr. Barb Nicolosi about the film The Wish, which was just released by Disney. She has a great uh, article on this on the register. We'll put a link to it on the archive section. Are you surprised that so many secular critics are agreeing with you here? To me, that's a, that's a positive step, at least. It is, and I'll tell you, most of the secular critics aren't nailing it for the progressive ideology, obviously. Although, um, some of, a few of them are. A few of them are saying that this is just so over the top, trying to be not, a, you know, trying to be progressively pleasing to the base of progressives, you know, that they're, they're trying to check every box. That's absolutely in some of the, the critics. But no, most of the time they're criticizing the fact that this movie is a blatant, transparent marketing ploy, you know, for um, Disney, where it's like, oh, they've got a new cruise ship that they're trying to, um, they're trying to get people to go on, and they named it Wish, and and so you know, let's let's sit here and try to get remind kids and parents how great Disney is, because the parks are emptying, and we knew we got to pay for our cruise ship, and we're losing money all over the place, so. So that's what this, it just, they're over and over, instead of being Valentines to their, their storied history, it's, it's just kind of cheap, um, ham-fisted references that are, you know, they just come off as being stuck in there to remind everybody of, of you know, the once glory of Disney. Yeah. And, and so that's what the main critics are, are killing the film for. So what films would you recommend for the Christmas season mm-hmm. for families? Anything? 
Oh, right now out there, I mean, I'm going to say Napoleon is a pass. It's not a family movie anyway, but it's just like, eh, um, that one's not that great. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, um, try It's a Wonderful Life and White Christmas. Yep. And, um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, everything um, old know, is new again. Go. The classics, they're the best, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, actually, there was that, that report they just did about all the music, the top Yes, yes, I had a story on that in my newscast today, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's sad to say, but when the arts have been so broken right now, they're the servant of progressive ideology, and they're almost incapable of just telling a good story or writing a good song. Everything has to be passed through the filter of, will this get me attacked and criticized by the people that are the cultural, you know, elites? And and that's ruining art. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And I think, but I think it's good to go back to those oldies book goodies. I mean, they're just classics. And you look at the likes of the Frank Cappers of the world and understanding that family and faith are important to people. And that's why those movies still do so well in terms of people buying them and getting them, you know, watching them, whether whatever, you know, outlet they're using. Okay, we have about a minute left. You have to have you back on on this, but you have a film festival. You're trying to get some attention for it. Tell us about it real quickly. Yeah, this is my new project for the Catholic Art Institute. We're doing a, a, a letter to artists film festival, which is basically oh, cool. asking artists to read John Paul II's letter and then make a short film based in something in that about the challenge of being an artist, the role of beauty, how beauty has power, you know, anything like that. And so we're looking for short films. We've got money we're going to give. And um, if you go to Film Freeway, um, you can find the page to submit your project. We'll take screenplays or little short films um, under under 15 minutes. But uh, but yeah, we want we want artists to think about this pro- this question of the beautiful and the vocation to be an artist and the sufferings of it, but the rewards. Uh, I think um, there's really no. I don't think there's any other Catholic film festival right now that's even active. So that's pathetic. So right. I was just like, okay, we, we, why don't, the Catholic Church should have a couple film festivals. Right. And so here we go. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, in, it'll be culminating in April in Washington, D.C. at a, a historic theater, and we'll give the awards there. We'll have All right, we've got to get and, you back uh, on as we get closer to this. This is really cool. Again, the website is catholicartinstitute.org slash short film festival, and we'll have more with Dr. Barbara Nicolosi. Check out our article on Disney's film Wish, which just released and is bombing. I'm glad to hear that, actually. And Dr. Barbara Nicolosi, of course, is a screenwriter and a film critic and many, many credits to her name. We'll be right back. Appreciate your listenership. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Speaking of EWTN, our president and chief operating officer, Doug Keck, joins us on a Friday tomorrow for the Inside Word Fact Check Friday. And then a brand new book, Wisdom from Women in Scripture. We'll talk about that as well. On Domani, see you on a Friday. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio dot net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.